For our scripture this morning, we invite you to the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, the 21st chapter. We would like to begin reading with verse number 6. Numbers chapter 21, beginning with verse number 6. The Old Testament. Numbers 21, beginning with verse 6, familiar portion of scripture. These words are recorded. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it, shall live. Mm -hmm. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Read for your hearing from Numbers the 21st chapter, verses 6 through and including verse number 9. May the Lord continue to bless us through his holy word. Yes, From these verses of scripture, the only subject possible is look to Jesus. Amen. Look to Jesus. One of the greatest events in the life of God's people of the Old Testament was their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. Time and time again, this historic event is mentioned throughout the pages of the Old Testament writings. And the greatest event in the life of God's people of the New Testament is also deliverance. It is our deliverance from slavery to sin. Also, time and time again, the God-inspired writers of the New Testament mentions our deliverance from the cruel and crushing bonds of sin. You see, there's an obvious parallel that God wants us to understand between the Israelites' deliverance and our deliverance. There's a similarity between their journey from deliverance to the promised land, the land of Canaan, and our journey from our deliverance to our promised land, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. In our text, we see that the Pacific experience of Israel in the way of the Red Sea is also much like our journey to the heavenly promised land. 
Just like the Israelites, we will encounter challenges that can sometimes sour God's people. Challenges can be a discouraging thing to to have to change course, uh, uh, to have to slow down and to go a different route when one is almost to their destination. Change can be a hard thing for some to take. The Israelites were nearing their destination. They were close to the promised land. Uh, They had been traveling for nearly 40 years to get to this point. And uh, if you notice in chapter 20, you, you would find Moses asking the king of Edom if they could pass through their land. Moses told him that they wouldn't take anything from the land and not even drink the water. All they wanted to do was to pass through the land of Edom might sound strange, but remember the Israelites were related to the Edomites. Uh, Isaac's firstborn son, Esau, and Jacob's brother was the father of the Edomites. Uh, 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 The king of Edom uh, uh, not only said no, but, but he also mounted an army to convince the Israelites to turn around, and that's exactly what they did. Now here in our text, uh, we find the Israelites traveling from Mount Horeb along the way of the Red Sea. Uh, uh, This change in direction was especially discouraging to them because it was leading them away from the promised land. Uh, You can just about hear them complaining. Uh, For 40 years, uh, we've been in this desert. And and just as we're about to make it to the promised land, here we are going in the opposite direction. Uh, Now, it must have been hard for the Israelites to turn around and go the other way. You see, it was discouraging also because it was through a very rough and punishing terrain. Uh, The hills were steep, uh, the rocks were hard, the sun was hot, and water was scarce. Uh, uh, Many times in our Christian journey, uh, uh, when we're forced off the main road uh, onto a course that we would rather not take, uh, it is interesting to note that the change of direction through the rough territory normally follows right on the heels of some great victory. See, in our chapter 21, uh, it began with an attack on Israel by the Canaanites, King Arad. Uh, uh, He captured some of them and even made them prisoners. And, And after this, the Israelites began to give an appeal to God. Uh, They asked for his help. And God, being the good God that he is, answered the Israelites. uh, And they won a tremendous victory and completely defeated the enemy. See, I I can imagine them uh, being pretty pumped up after their their, their great victory. But but as the chapter continues, we we find them encountering a change that could sour 
God's people. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, challenges come upon us right after our great victories. Uh, uh, we're feeling good and uh, things are looking good. Uh, the road is smooth uh, and the scenery is great. Uh, we have the music playing, the cool wind blowing uh, through our hair and the Kids aren't even fighting each other down in the basement. Uh, we feel like things couldn't get any better than this. And, and then as we look up at the road ahead, uh, just up ahead, we, we see a big sign forcing us onto a different direction. Uh, you see this change that, that suddenly comes up and places up on a rocky road could be anything, a, a personal sickness, a, a, a death in the family. It could be marital problems. It could be trouble with your teenage son or daughter or, or a sealed letter from your boss, an undesired transfer or move to a different location. It could be anything, but whatever it is, the ride is now rougher. The bumps are larger. The wind isn't blowing anymore. Music stopped playing, and you begin to wonder if you can even make it to the challenge and be able to get back to the main road. Uh, uh, this change in direction has the potential of discouragement in many of us. Uh, uh, we thought we had something worked out, something's going on, but, but now it seems we are headed in the wrong direction. Uh, we begin to doubt whether we can make it before we run out of gas. The fact that the Israelites had challenges that they were discouraged by the change in route. That was not the problem. You see, as the Israelites were in the midst of their challenge, they grew impatient. Things were not happening the way they wanted it to. Wasn't happening fast enough for them. And so they spoke out against God. And even against Moses saying, uh, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? Uh, no bread, no water, and we got tired of this manner. You see, in the midst of their challenge, they encountered a disease and it struck many of them. It was the disease of sin. In verse 7 of our text, the people admitted to this uh, as they said to Moses that we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. And, and as with all sin, the guilty suffers the consequences. Here we see God striking the camp with the plague of the venomous snake, you know, poison snakes, you know. <laughs> these, these snakes move among the people in the camp and they began to bite them. Many of them died. Now, now, as I looked at the statements of the Israelites that they were thirsty, they were hungry, and I thought to myself, why? Doesn't scripture tells us that God provided them with food and water? Well, I saw, yes it does. Uh, but the Israelites' problem was not that God didn't provide. Right. 
but rather that they ignored the provisions of the Lord. Now you see, they ignored and disregarded the bread that came down from heaven. Many times as we travel through the rugged and perilous terrain of our challenges, whether it be sickness, family conflict, financial difficulties, or, or some other challenge, uh, there are times when the path will narrow. The hills become hard to climb, and the solid rocks will press against our worn bodies. But, and we might say in our anger, in our impatience, why did I ever choose this way in the first place? Why did God deliver me from my sins just to bring me out here to the harsh, barren deserts of life just to die? might say there's no help. There's no one who cares. I'm all alone. I'm thirsty and I'm hungry. I, I really don't know why so many disciples of the Lord, instead of running to Jesus, the great provider, when they're forced by life's circumstances to take a less pleasant and more difficult road, I don't know why they run from the Lord, run from his word, even run from his people. Though I have seen this happen so many times, I still don't understand it. It makes absolutely no sense. When we are faced with an unwanted challenge, when we become discouraged, if we ignore the provision of the bread of life that came down from heaven, if, if we turn our backs on and blame God, and thereby we're going to get struck by the disease of sin, and we will suffer the consequences of sin. People came to Moses, and, and I imagine they came rather humbly and asked him to pray to the Lord. Take these snakes away. Moses prayed unto God and the Lord told Moses to make a bronze snake and put it up on a pole and anybody who looked up upon the bronze snake would live. It's interesting to note here that God did not answer their prayer. He did answer his way. Not in the way they wanted to. The Israelites wanted the snakes removed, but God did not remove the snakes. He just provided a cure for their bite. Though the Israelites would live, they still had to deal with the consequences of their sin, the snakes. God has provided a deliverer for us, a deliverer that can save not only God's people, but of all mankind. Jesus said in John 3, 14 and 15 that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The, uh, through the precious blood of Jesus, the Christ, God has provided a cure for the bite of sin. Just because God provided a cure for the bite of the snake as he instructed Moses to make and lifted it up, just because he did this doesn't mean everybody was automatically cured. Right. 
text says that they had to do something. They had to look at the snake that was lifted up. The cure offered by God was a test of the faith of the Israelites. This command to look at a bronze snake for the cure could not be rationalized. There was no logical connection between looking at a bronze snake and being cured by a snake bite. To be cured of the snake bite, the Israelites had to respond to the command of God. Not because they fully understood the relationship, but between carrying out the command and receiving the pardon of God, but because they believed God meant exactly what he said. God certainly had given them enough examples of this during their 40-year jump through the desert. The Israelites were confronted with the decision to look up and live or not to look up and then die. Text says then when anyone looked at the bronze snake, he lived. The decision was theirs. God would not force himself on anyone. Let me tell you something. God did not force himself on anyone then, nor does he do it today. We are also confronted with a decision. The fact that Jesus will provide for his people does not mean that it will happen automatically. We too must be obedient and look to Jesus. The fact that Jesus has died and his blood has brought forgiveness for mankind, the unchurched needs to look to Jesus and be obedient to his word. If there are some who are here today and the blood of Jesus has not been applied to your life, if you're still trapped in the world of sin, if the venom of sin is destroying your life, look to Jesus, to the one who who was lifted up on the cross. Disciples themselves need to look up to Jesus also. He won't force himself on you. He wants to provide you with food and drink so that you will never be thirsty or hungry. But we must look to him. We must drink from the well that never runs dry. The decision is still yours. Maybe you're here today in the midst of a rough challenge. If so, look to Jesus. Are you having marital problems? Uh, Look to Jesus. Are you having health problems, financial difficulties, work challenges, spiritual problems? Uh, If you're having any challenge or problems, just look to Jesus. May not exactly do what you want, but he will help you. May not remove the consequences of your sin, but you will live. Mm -hmm. You see, his death on the cross has assured us the victory. He has given us eternal life. Uh, We are destined to win if we keep looking to Jesus. Don't take your eyes 
off Jesus. Uh, uh, maybe the storms of life are crashing all around you and, and threatening to pull you under. Don't wait until you go under. Look to Jesus now and he will reach down to the stormy ways of your life with his powerful and loving arms and lift you up. Uh, look up to the one who suffered and died on a hill called Calvary. Look up to the one who laid there and early that Sunday morning got up with all power in his hand. Look up to the one who is able to deliver you from any way of life that you are living in. Look up to the one who came in order to just die and rise again from the dead in order that you and I might have a right to the tree of life once again. Look up to Jesus, not up to the president, not up to the pastor, not up to the diaconate, or not up to any man, but look up to Jesus, the one who lived, who died, who, who rose again in order that you and I might have a right to the tree of life Amen. once again. Don't just look to the hills. The hills can't help you, but look to Jesus. That is your deliverance today. May God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.